Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. do it live radio we come out of a podcast uh cofield and company adam hill across the way nova home loan studios steve cofield angel is here running things ari's doing something back in the finley toyota studios let's get to it it's trending at three presented by nova home loans call now at 877-700-NOVA lots of nfl to get to a lot of NFL news to update you on. Lots more on the Raiders. Rousing victory. I thought surprising victory. I thought they were going to get their ass kicked on Sunday, but they came together and they took out the Broncos. But before all of that, today is a crazy day because we got a lot of baseball going on. We got afternoon baseball. It's a nutty day in LA. Dodgers are moved back in the day, I suppose, because the Lakers are playing at night. So we got the open of the NBA season. I know you love this time of year because like everything comes at once, and you're like, <laughs> I can't pay attention to the NBA. But we got uh, Bucks, Nets, we got Lakers, and GSW we can talk about. Your Warriors, you're a longtime fan of the Warriors, going back two years. Uh, but, of course, stealing the headlines, and this often happens in sports, right, where the you know whatever league it is is like, yeah, opening day, and they're like, crap, this completely overshadows our opening day, our opening night. I don't know what to think right now about what's going on in Philly. Daryl Morey. And I suppose Doc Rivers were playing hardball in the offseason, you know, basically behind the scenes saying, we're not dumping Ben Simmons at his low point. So then today at practice, something happened where Ben Simmons was booted from practice, and I guess he suspended a game for conduct, conduct detrimental. Um, is this going in the right direction? No. No. I mean, I, I don't want to assume it because we're not there. No, Steve, you don't have to assume This doesn't it. seem like a good sign, but maybe it's a means to an end. Wait, you didn't see the video from, from their huddle yesterday at practice? You don't have to assume anything. They did, you know, every team in the world, from Little League to the NBA. Everybody huddles up and puts their hand in and gives a little yeah, you know, yeah, quick yeah. rallying speech. Uh, yesterday a video was posted of that happening at the end of, of Sixers practice. And you look in the background, you're like, wait, what's over in the disc? Is Ben Simmons dribbling on his own and then walking to the back as they're all doing their hand in the middle? Now, listen, that hand in the middle thing is a very stupid tradition. It's incredibly dumb. There's nothing to be taken from it. It's not rallying. It's not motivating. It's idiotic. But to not participate in it is a message to your team. It just is. And he didn't. He dribbled and then started walking back to the locker room as they were doing it. And then apparently today... They were running drills, and assistants would be like, all right, Ben, you're up in this drill. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. No, nah, I don't need to. I don't like this drill. I'm not doing it. I'm out. And they're like, okay, just just leave. Just just go. You don't have to wait to not be in that little hands in the center thing. Just leave. And it seems untenable, obviously. I mean, it did before he got there. And then they played hardball to make him show up, thinking, okay, well, he's going to show up, and he's going to have to do something. No, he's not going to have to do anything. Uh, he's going to do his own thing. And this is going to get worse before it gets better. And it's only going to get better by him leaving. I mean, the play, like Joel Embiid is like, I'm not talking about that guy. <laughs> like, okay. he's your. You mean your teammate? The guy who's supposed to be, by the way, giving you the ball? Now, all I want, it's a dream 
if Ben Simmons actually takes the floor for a game at some point and just kind of chills. Like, nah, I'm good. Put me on the floor. I'm not going to do anything. What is the remedy for the Sixers if they don't want to deal him? Well, if they don't want to deal him, there's really nothing. Is I there mean, is there some uh, some sort of suspension list where they don't have to pay him? I mean, I where guess, you can prove to the to the league and the players' association that he's. he's, he's I mean, I guess you could you could put him in the second game of the season, and if he just starts throwing the ball over the backboard or just like drops the ball, hands it you, to the other team. You pass, yeah, you pass it to him, and he just hands it to the other team. You're like, right, we got video proof. I was he's going on some sort of you know commissioner's exempt list, and we're not paying him. Wouldn't he be smart enough to like cro- fake a crossover and like, ah, oh, you got me? <laughs> I don't think right. you would just. I don't think you would just hand it to somebody. Um, I I don't like I don't know the the league's contractual situations enough to know like if there's something you could do. It seems unprecedented. I don't remember this ever happening where you nah. there's a genuine concern that if you put a guy on the floor, he's going to try to help the other team. Like that is a genuine concern right now. I wouldn't trade him. It's funny how my take is so much different here on the, uh, the James Harden situation. James Harden situation was. Different. Uh, you could chalk it up to a lot of it was that the Rockets were tanking. They weren't going to try. Uh, and James Harden wanted the hell out and wanted to go to a better situation. I don't even know if Ben Simmons wants to play basketball elsewhere. I don't know what he wants to do. I guess he wants out of Philadelphia. Well, but this doesn't seem like the best way to do it. And if if what you're doing is essentially trying to screw over the Sixers, if I'm the Sixers, I'm like, you can retire if you want. But I, I, I'm not trading you for nothing. I don't know if it's that fair – to say it's that much worse than – and I, I guess it's how you just look at things. But when you talk about James Harden, he didn't want to be a part of a team that was trying to rebuild. They right. were trying to get to, worse to in order to get better. To rebuild, yeah. Not trying to win. The the Sixer situation is I tried. My team and the GM absolutely threw me under the bus and said it's your fault. I don't want to play with those guys anymore. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna say it's my fault that we lost when I was doing everything I could to help them win. Okay, I don't want to be a part of this. And so, like, listen, I'm not, I'm not making that defense for Ben Simmons. I think what you should do is be like, all right, well, I'm not gonna be the problem this year. I'm gonna be even better. But there is a, an element of that of like, hey, I gave, I put, I risked injury, I risked everything, putting my body on the line last year to try to win, and it wasn't good enough. And you're gonna blame me? I'm not gonna be a part of that anymore. So you could you could make that defense. I'm I'm not doing it. I'm just saying that's what the defense would be. You could say that for him. I think someone on the show needs to call us on the carpet. Uh, one, I'll admit, I Harden versus Simmons situation. I'm not objective because I wanted Harden to my Nets. Sure, longtime Nets fan, never give up on him. Um, and you are a backer of Simmons, I think, because he's touched something uh, with the Jenner family and the Kardashians. Oh, I thought it was because I want him on the Warriors. Oh, that that too. Yeah. Now sure. yours is you're not really a basketball fan, and you're hardly a Warriors fan. You're I a bigger Kardashian fan than you are a Warriors. No, fan. I will say if the Warriors put your hand good. on a Bible right now, who are you a bigger fan of, the Kardashians or the Warriors? I'm actually I'm an anti-Kardashians. Okay, pro the Jenners <laughs> or the Warriors. You would burst into flames right now if you put your hand on a Bible and said the Warriors over the Jenners. I think I'll take the Warriors over the Jenners. Although I will you're, say you're if, lying. It, once the Warriors are actually good, which should be this year, I'm out. Like I'm a fan of the Eric Pascal Warriors. That's when when he that was their era. best player. That's that was my era. I don't know who these guys are. This Curry guy seems okay. The Clay Thompson kid. Everybody's excited. I guess I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Pascal guy. You're you're guessing on Clay the, Thompson. The Pascanimal. Is that what he's called? Yeah. Wherever he goes, you're going. <laughs> that, when when he was running the show, when he was the best player, that was my team. What if he's the key piece? 
and he goes to the Sixers. Could you be That'd a fan be of a Philly team? That'd be sad. No, I'm just out because Philly's good too. I don't cheer for good teams. That's the that that's generally how it is. is what, how once it is? the Giants won the World Series, I was out. I was back to the Tigers. Once the Warriors are good again, I'm going to be out there. I'm a little uncomfortable with Michigan winning all these games right now. You're going to drop Michigan football? Maybe. Uh, Major League Baseball, 2-0 right now. Dodgers with the early start. 2-0. Dodgers lead it. Top three against Atlanta. Obviously a game they need to win coming back from 3-0. It's virtually impossible. In fact, I've never seen a documentary chronicling any sort of 3-0 comeback. Uh, refuse to watch that one no. uh, in baseball. But 2-0 right now. Dodgers are on top. And then the Lakers start tonight against Golden State. 7 o'clock start. Um, you sent over a story. Were you... Are you trying to pull a Barkley here? What's what, what are we doing? What the teams ranked from most to least watchable? Right. Is this a is is this a quiz for you? Like Barkley and Shaq have no clues on a lot of the teams, which is great. Um, no. Which is great. I mean, if you... NBA experts, sort of, but they admit they don't know most of the rosters and most of the teams that are the bottom feeders. Do you want the genuine, honest answer to this to go really behind the scenes with the show? I want to. Yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> I was putting together a list of topics today, and at some point, I was almost done, and I said, oh, man, I don't want to get the return text from Steve. Like, the NBA started. You have nothing on the NBA? Right. So I was like, can I find an NBA story today? <laughs> <laughs> so you just threw one in there that you really don't care about. Yes. Make your pitch right now as to why the Spurs are not the 30th, 30th uh, least worthy team to watch. I would say because uh, – they're just a dull, a dull team. They have they're an Olympian on the team. Sure, but they're in, they play Johnson. a boring style of basketball. I just don't. I'm I'm not interested. And this author of this story is not interested. Are you not completely insulted that the best big man this century for UNLV is on Team 29? <laughs> yeah, Team 29, the Rockets. I yeah. would agree. That's... Chris Wood and Jalen Green are on the team. You don't want to see Jalen Green. He might be freaking 25 point per game guy his rookie year. Yeah, but all 28 other teams could be more exciting and watchable. You could. These two guys might average. Uh, Chris Wood this year could be a a twenty four and ten guy with Jalen Green coming in leading the team and scoring. And they'll that's win. super exciting. They might and win fifteen games. Well, you love rebuild. You just said you like bad teams. This is your team in the NBA. I might. Get you better on board. pray the Pascanimal goes to the Rockets. I might get on board with that. Boy, without even looking at the roster, and I know Mobley is there now, but is there anything exciting about the Cavaliers? <laughs> no. No, I don't think I don't think there is. I want John Beeline back. That'd now we have nice. friends who would come in and say Sexton and Garland together. You know, thirty-five point per game guys. Backcourt. No, you're not. You're not. You're not into that one. <laughs> no, no. They're twenty-eighth, Steve. Why? They're this not. Is, I got to say, this is a hell of a write-up. The person who wrote this, Charles Curtis. These are the uh, most and least uh, watchable teams in the NBA. Like, didn't even make an effort on some of them. He's just like, just like <laughs> no. Magic. Orlando Magic, Suggs. That's it. I think I think he said uh, that he, he probably would have him higher. He probably should have him higher, but nah, I'm just going to put him here. Right. Okay. I ran out of energy for the story. He, by the way, I put the same amount of effort into reading it as he put into writing it, yes, which was zero. I, yes. <laughs> I was like, all right. These are, and by the way, he had the Warriors at number five. Go screw. It's the most fun team there is. There you go, everybody. Adam Hill's early take on the NBA season. That's my NBA breakdown. That was a, a, quite a lot of research. Nice job. It was more than I thought I would do this morning. Well, it's hard to come in here and be completely fired up for the NBA. I'm interested to see what the Lakers do against your Warriors, uh, considering what we saw, again, in a prime spot 
a primetime spot in the NFL. So this is what we've had this year in primetime games in the NFL. Uh, Cowboys-Bucks open things on a Thursday, 31-29. Ravens-Raiders game, which was insane. We're going to talk to Dustin DeHart. Uh, we're here at Nova Home Loan Studio. He's never leaving a Raiders game early, <laughs> yeah. and he left the game, and he's like, what is going on as he's driving home? Uh, Giants and football team was a weird game, but it ended up in dramatic fashion. That one was 30-29. Chiefs-Ravens was 36-35. Packers-Niners was 30-28. Jags-Bengals were all like, oh, this is going to suck. It actually turned out to be a decent game. It was just a close game. Uh, Bucks-Patriots was good. Colts-Ravens, overtime. Seahawks-Steelers, overtime. Geno, eh, poor Geno. And then last night... Bills, Titans, we'll break it down on the way back. Oh, boy. I wish this show was 15 years ago. McDermott, what are you doing? You're on the two-yard line. Kick a field goal and go to overtime, you buffoon. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. <laughs> Bills back at the line of scrimmage. Josh taking his time. 20 seconds on the play clock. Takes a snap. Dives forward. And the Titans stop him. They stop him short of the goal line. Titans take over the crowd in a frenzy. Tennessee with 12 seconds left has the football. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. Bills Radio Network, depressing end for the Bills. I'm sure uh, someone on the show was jubilant. How happy were you that the Bills fell short? Look at the smile on his face. You know, what was amazing is that uh, I watched the first half of the airport in Denver, uh, got on a plane, didn't get to see the second half, and right when I landed, I was like, oh, I wonder what happened. So I tried to turn on, I have you know, an, an app for the live TV, so I threw it on as we were on the, we were taxiing to the, uh, to the jetway. As I turned the game on, it was the fourth down play. Oh, wow. So that's really the only play of the second half that I got to watch. And people all the way in the back of the plane probably heard me laughing. Are you uh, flying Frontier these days? No. No access to the internet or TV on the plane? Uh, no, it didn't. It, it wasn't picking up the live feed. Like, it's, it's a no live video, it says, on the internet. Really? Yeah. What airline? Um, it was Spirit. Oof. Yeah, that's tough. Which is great. They have Wi-Fi. No, I, 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 I like Spirit, but you know what you're getting. You're yeah, but I also... Southwest, uh, at least you get the live TV. I also made the conscious decision to get away from football and watched... I was watching a TV show this weekend, so... Uh, was watching that instead. Instead of your Bills. I mean, your former team. Instead of a, an NFL I watched so much NFL between you know, film and games and everything this weekend. I just watched so much. I was like, all right, get away from it for a minute. I think yesterday was a uh, the game last night, the end of the game. So the Bills have a chance to just kick a field goal and, and go to overtime. Instead, they run a dive with the quarterback. His foot slips out. They fall short. To me, yesterday, from a sports media, sports viewer standpoint, was a watershed moment in the history of football. Wow. Strong. Yeah. I feel like it's the first time ever that more people were on the side of the right move from an analytics standpoint. Yeah. I I can't remember a time when more people than not, because generally the old school football thinking would be, what are you doing? Go to overtime. You got a chip shot field goal. You lost a game. You blow it. McDermott. I mean. Idiots. I, I've been advocating. Taylor Luan not blocking well. 
That's the best one. That's an inside joke. So. Uh, sure. A national sports – I don't want to call him out, but a national sports media member. Nope. Talking football got a little – no, I feel kind of bad for him. Everyone's piling on. Especially kind of losers who you know aren't doing well in sports media. They climb <laughs> on to this stuff. So it was a national guy. He got he got screwed up. Well, I mean, shouldn't that shouldn't he, he said he he thought Taylor Lewan was on the Bills and made a very strong case about you don't run this play because Taylor Lewan no. is not in and like Taylor Lewan's on the wrong, either way. Uh, you did notice also, on that. You did notice on that. I guess we're, now we're talking about audio that we're not going to play. You did notice that no one else stepped up and corrected him. Yeah. Which you know on this show we make a lot of mistakes. I I try I tell everyone especially I. You know, I'm brain dead half the time. Like, yeah, just correct me. I don't care. Sometimes yeah. you get scrambled. So, so anyway, that was a joke. Um, on the decision to go for it, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to come in here. I, I don't, you know, I don't think it was along the lines of analytics as much as you and some of the other uh, dorks do. Um, which, by the way, is another side joke. I saw someone doing it last night, calling someone a dork, and I'm like, you're a dork. Like, yeah. like that's part of the joke is that, sure. you know, it's dork on dork crime. Like, old school football media people who are like field goal overtime you know ribs get like you're a dork and now you're doing dork on dork crime because you think the analytics guy you know it's like somehow you're more football <laughs> right. savvy well, than you know analytics guy I, I think there's a couple of things and, and first like i i think i've talked about this but i'll, I'll keep pounding the drum that i do think we we as we as broadcasters i know i know you're gonna do are this. responsible i was talking about you over the weekend like we're change... like you're like don't pe- don't pat people on the back for doing the right, right thing. But it's all we also have to change how we discuss it. And yeah. I, like I was getting crushed for this in the press box uh, in Allegiant last week. But I will keep pounding this drum that we need to change how we talk about this. You need to say that that Sean McDermott last night played it safe and went for the first down. He played it safe because you have about a 68% chance of winning by going for it. If you kick the field goal, your chance of winning is like 42%. You played it safe by going for it. And when we start getting that, when we start getting that verbiage out there and we start explaining it to people better in that way, if you're if you're fourth and three at the 41 and you punt, which I saw in an NFL game this week. Adam, we saw it. We saw it in back-to-back situations, and it's. I'll get to the Cowboys later in the show. Results-based thinking. Believe that the Cowboys are fine. Right. McCarthy has done exactly what I said he was going to do, and it worked out this time. But keep going. Yeah, but but I think we because what you should say is fourth and one at the. And what do you always hear from announcers? Fourth and one at the at the, at the forty-one. Ah, they're going to play it safe here. They're, no, they're going to roll the dice and risk it by punting in that situation. I get it. Because you're dropping your percentage chance of winning, so we need to start changing how we how we address. Well, you do that. These kind I'm, of I'm situations. Gonna, I'm going to keep reacting. I'm going to keep reacting for the rest of us who don't, but this, aren't there yet. But I also, on the other side of this, I also did. And it, sometimes you need to be reminded that not everybody's entire life is keeping up with these things. Even people around the game. I heard in the press box in Denver on Sunday. If, if people remember, the the Broncos are down 21, about 10 minutes left in the game. They, they're facing a third and six, and I heard somebody in the press box, and I don't know who they are because I would call them. It's not somebody from Las Vegas media. It's Denver media. Said, I think this is four-down territory. Yes. You're down 21 with 10. Yes, it's four-down territory. Did it they look, is. Did they look around looking for an argument? No, somebody was like, yeah, I think so. Like, yes. Or was that one of those, hey, I'm going to throw something out because I want to look like a genius. Yeah, I think it was. And you wanted to berate the person for being so obvious. And I wanted, I wanted to stand up and scream, but I was like, I don't, just, I don't, don't know. Don't talk football the rest of the game in this press box. I don't know these people. My friend. 
Well, there's also another issue. Uh, it was the rare occasion. By the way, uh, Las Vegas media on its best behavior on Sunday uh, because for some reason, and I don't know why this, what the setup is, Mike Mayock was sitting with us. Oh, really? Yeah. So you guys all you guys all just sat there quietly instead so, of hammering the organization. So while there's usually or having just, a full blown debate on who should be the GM moving forward. Sure. While there's oftentimes a lot of mocking of things that are going on in the field, yeah. didn't happen this week. It's funny, all. huh? It's funny when the uh when the, the main players are around. You guys are all quiet, huh? Yeah. That's ballsy. Yeah. But so so when the person said, I think it's four down territory and I wanted to stand up and punch them, yeah. I was like, All right, let's just let this go. Mike Mayock's here with us. And it was the right decision for McDermott to do it. Why? I mean, you have a much better chance of winning. Like, think about well, ex- but explain, why. I don't know, explain in football terms, and, and also as a coach, you don't just read the numbers. You're also trying to figure out where your team is. And I think a lot of people were like, McDermott's looking at the situation. He's like, the Titans have scored on like six straight possessions. We have no shot to stop them. I got my offense on the field. I've got an MVP. He's you know six five and two forty. Let's get a yard and control our own destiny instead of freaking letting the Six seven, three hundred pound running back back on the field. Sure, who and Derek Henry was not that big, but it felt like it. Who'd already worn down your defense? Like j- just from a math perspective, that it's it's very easy. From a football perspective, you said it. I mean, hey, our defense has been torched. From a math perspective, you kick the field goal. I think people right away assume, oh, you're, you're going to overtime. Not necessarily. There's still twenty two seconds left in the game. There could be two long completions in a field goal attempt. You could lose right there. But even – and this is the same philosophy, and, and I know people are still trying to figure this one out and still trying to come to grips with this one. It's the same philosophy of why when you're down 14 in the fourth quarter, you go for two if you score a touchdown. And a lot of coaches are now embracing this, and a lot of people aren't getting it. We saw it in, uh, what, the, uh, the bucks eagles game the other day where they went for two when they were down 14. You absolutely do that. And the thinking is – traditional thinking is, hey, just get the game to overtime and see what happens, right? That, that's the thinking, and that's what – like a lot of old school football people will say, but in in most scenarios, maybe it's 52, 48, 53, 47, but whatever, it's about 50, 50 if you get to overtime. So what is the big obsession with trying to get a game to overtime where you're 50, 50, you're in much, you're much better than 50, 50 of getting a first down on fourth and one. And then you're going to go win the game instead of settling for overtime. You're okay. Let's, let's do anything we can to get the game to overtime and then be 50, 50. So in that scenario where the Bills are fourth and one, they were, if you kick the field goal there, you're at about, about a 42 to 43% chance of winning. You're, do you think, as with the conditions you just described, with the way that you have a big quarterback and a, a pretty good offensive line and the way your defense has been playing, but do you think you, you have a better than 42% chance of picking up that first down? I would say absolutely Yes. So it's the obvious and easy decision to go for it there. And, and the math tells you that. Football tells you that. All, all thinking should point to going for it there. Uh, Kevin Seifert, who's with ESPN, actually had a good tweet. He goes, I'm all for being aggressive in that situation, like the Bills were. But sometimes the speed of change in the NFL catches me by surprise. He said in that situation five years ago, all 32 coaches would have kicked. I don't know if that's a guarantee, <laughs> but he's, he's close. He's close. I don't think Belichick would have. Right, but he's close. Yeah. There were, there were a ton of Mike McCarthy's around the league. Yeah. But, but times are changing, and you're saying it. You know, yeah. the, the fourth down is a much different scenario than it's ever been. Well, and you saw, you saw it with uh, – I saw some questioning this week of Staley um, going for it, in, like fourth and one from the 19. 
like, oh, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're trying to win a game. Like, do you care if you lose by 70 or 7? You're trying to win a game. It's fourth and one of your 19. You don't punt it back to a team when you're down 18 points. Coming up, let's check back in on the Raiders. Uh, day off today, but Adam will tell us what's going on the last day and a half. And uh, you know what? I'm going to pull a – I told you so as I'm looking at the Raiders' schedule the rest of the season. looks pretty easy. Listen to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show each Wednesday at 6.30, live at the Parkway Tavern. Here's Derek Henry trying to get the big guy going, and he's going. And when I say going, he might go all the way. Nobody's going to catch him. Derek Henry, touchdown, 76 yards. There are no flags. Cofield and Company is on the road at the Nova Home Loan Studio. Still incredible watching a guy that was a Monday Night Football call with Steve Levy on the call, watching a guy as big as Henry uh, burst through an opening and then pull away. And he runs so high, but a guy that big with that much speed. So yesterday he had the 76-yard run, 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns. The only guy who's more impressive, who's bigger, running long distances and pulling away from people, is actually a college football player. Did it this weekend. Chuck Wagon? 99-yard touchdown run. Longest in the history of college football for a quarterback. Hmm. You might have missed this. I did. Armani Rogers. Oh, wow. Okay. Ohio's quarterback, Armani nice. Rogers, the former Rebel, had a 99-yard touchdown. Run. We saw him bust, bust off a couple of those with the Rebels. Like, he gets going. The, the biggest thing, and I, I think it happens with Henry, too, is linebackers, with especially defensive backs, start to try to cut off the angle, and they're like, oh, wait! Like, he's that fast? Yep. And there was a little defensive back who was going at Armani Rogers at like the thirty. You know, he takes off from the one, and the guy just it was the worst angle ever. And it like he he didn't gauge the dude's speed at all, and, and, and then he just pulled away for fifty yards. You're definitely right about the size, um, and it, it's it's deceiving. Um, it, it was talked about. I think they mentioned on the broadcast last night early on, but I, I've heard this conversation before that uh, one of the things Matt Ryan struggled to adjust with with Julio Jones yeah. is like. You think he's a big dude that's not fast, right. and then you like you you go to throw a deep ball to him, and you way underthrow him because he's so much faster than you think he is. And I, I think what the context they mentioned it last night was that uh, Ryan had told Tannehill that when they signed Julio Jones, like get ready, he's faster than you think he is. Okay. So when he's like in the open space, throw it way further uh, than you're expecting to, and and it's just true. You see it with Henry. I, I think you see it all the time on his long runs. You see guys taking bad angles because you don't, even though you know in your mind he's that fast. You just don't expect a guy to, that big to be that fast. So day off for the Raiders today. Uh, no injury updates on guys like Hankins and, and Phylon. Um, across town with the Vegas Golden Knights, I know it's mostly this day-to-day and week-to-week stuff because the NHL and especially the Golden Knights like to keep it real secret. But is there a little glimmer of hope with Mark Stone? Sounds like it. Um, there was a lot of – yesterday I know the, the quote that was circulating that everybody was obsessed with was uh, um, they asked – Pete DeBoer, if he was pessimistic or optimistic uh, about you know the length of Mark Stone's injury, and he said neither, not optimistic or pessimistic. We're just waiting. Um, today, uh, they were told no injury, or excuse me, no surgery needed on his injury. Uh, so the status of Mark Stone is somewhere between day to day and week to week, and that is not a joke. That is the exact quote from Pete DeBoer of how long Mark Stone may be out. But that is. I would classify as tremendous news for the Golden Knights, who 
probably feared uh, that you know it could be much longer, uh, even even though they weren't pessimistic or optimistic. Um, certainly could have been much worse news. Could have been surgery, uh, but looks like he has avoided that. So he'll miss some games. Um, let's do a Mark Stone related trivia question here. Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Correct answer will get you two tickets to the Golden Knights in Edmonton. Uh oh, Connor McDavid's coming to town. That's coming up this week. Three six four eleven hundred. First person with the correct answer. Mark Stone's actually never played a full season, every single game in a season in the NHL. Uh, which season did he log the most games? He actually played eighty games in a season. What season was that? We want the year. Like, is it two thousand six, two thousand seven? Which is a lie because he wasn't around then. Right. But which year was it? Tell Ari three six four eleven hundred. Mark Stone played eighty games. He's going to miss some time again this year. But what was his high mark for games played? In the NHL, three six four eleven hundred. You can get your tickets to the Golden Knights and Edmonton coming up this week. All right, so I was just eh, kind of joking going to break about the Raiders' schedule the rest of the way. Um, I still, well, I they're on pace. Listen, I the Gruden thing. I certainly did not expect that. So that's a when I was talking about their record when the schedule came out. Right? And I said they would go 10-7, and seven, and I got universally mocked on the internet and uh, by many of you on the radio station. Uh, but I did have them going 5-2 and two into the bye week, and they still have a very good chance. If they're focused, this is not a great Eagles team. They can get a little healthier. They can beat the Eagles. And I remember arguing with you guys, and you, you know, the, the notion was, well, they have, they have like a top-seven schedule. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't care what the win totals say. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, my numbers when I crunched it. I just didn't think the schedule looked – as difficult as a, a top seven schedule, this is just one guy. Um, this is a guy named Mike Clay who covers the NFL. He said, rest of season NFL strength of schedule based on my current evaluation of each team. He has the schedule the rest of the way for the Raiders as the 23rd toughest schedule in the league. Now, you looked at it, and you're like, man, they're cooked on the road. You think they have a tough road schedule? Well, it was just earlier today, uh, as I was driving here, actually, I started thinking in my mind – of the rest of the road games selfishly just about travel and like i'm like where are we going um and i started thinking in my head like okay at new york is actually tougher than it sounds and they might be a little healthier by then um is it yeah i think Stop. so uh they don't have a good history playing in that stadium either no no i get um, I, I i get history but do you see the way the giants are trending oh yeah but well they, they don't have anybody that's what i'm saying they might be healthier by then like, their entire receiving core is down. Their offensive line is down. I think they might be a little healthier. Okay, but the problem is for Jones the Giants. Stinks. Well, Jones actually was okay in all these comeback spots, and now he got a concussion. I mean, I just heard Rex Ryan on that podcast they played right before us screaming and yelling that, uh, you know, between the OC and the head coach, they're like, Ryan was flipping out. He's like, why is Danny Dimes running a freaking quarterback sneak after a That's week true. of, you know, spending some time in concussion protocol? Don't you feel like with Joe Judge – Three weeks from now, who knows where the Giants are in terms of caring about the season. True. Which is nuts to stay in the first half. But in, but it's it's unraveling so freaking quick. It's fair to say that, but it's also, in my mind, I was like, okay, Saquon should be back. Okay. Uh, Galladay should be back. Like all, all, the guys should, all their weapons should be back on offense. That makes it a little bit of a tougher game. Now, do they start trading guys away? Because right. now Gettleman looks like he's probably not surviving the season. So how do they handle? You're right. You don't know that. But then that was the only game that I was like, that could be a win. Because then you look and you say, all right, at Dallas – I don't think they're winning that game. I just don't. I'll, I'll counter with get me Dak Prescott to the finish line for the middle of the season. That's one thing I worry about. And the other one is get me in a field goal affair. 
<laughs> with Mike McCarthy, I'll take my chances. Okay. Because he'll kick a 70-yarder. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll run it straight. In. He'll, who knows? He'll let the, the clock run out with three timeouts and kick a 70-yarder to win the game. Um, it's a joke, but, I mean, he's, you don't know what a guy's going to do. But that, that certainly is a game they're going to be a dog in. If things continue the way they're sure, going you, for Dallas, if you if you I mean if you make the case of if all these teams lose their quarterback by the time, by the time. well, but, but it's like I'm not predicting Patrick Mahomes is going to be gone. Well, Dak Prescott is was coming back from a severe injury no, and he's hurt. But I'm getting what I'm getting to is they're going to Kansas City. I I I believe Kansas City is about to really break out. I think it's going to get really ugly for right. teams very shortly at based Cle- on some of their advanced metrics at Cleveland. Uh, and then that was that's what I was getting to like. Baker Mayfield probably not there. Is he going to have point. a left arm by then? I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think he's going to be playing by then. And I know he throws righty, but the point um, is, he's got a torn labrum and he just dislocated the left shoulder. And I actually think at Indianapolis is going to be a very tough game at that point too. I think Indianapolis is going to be much better than they are right now. Um, so you, that's like that's the road game. I, I you know, are, there might be favored in the Giants game, but look, like this week only three over the Eagles at home. Like I don't think they're going to be necessarily favored in that game. This week against the Eagles is a must win. Kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah, kind you of can't, is. Well, you can't squander games where you're favorite. Where it, you're it's, favorite. It's what we talked about the Bears game, right? Like, yeah. you have this exciting start. You have this great start. And, yes, we know what happened in the Bears game. But, you know, you can't squander. You can't give back games that you stole. You stole a game over Baltimore. You stole a game exactly. over Pittsburgh. You can't give those back like you did against the Bears. Um, so so that's, that's what you're looking at. And then you know, the rest of the schedule, I mean, it, there's no – you. I think before the season a lot of people thought, well, home versus Cincinnati, easy. It's not easy. Um Home versus Washington might be a little easier than we thought it was going to be coming into the season, but still not the easiest of games. Home versus Denver by that point could be who knows who's coaching them, who knows what's going on there, and then, of course, the Chargers end the season. So there, while the schedule is not overly daunting, I also don't think there's – like, you look at the Bills' schedule right now. If, if, they, if they lose a game the rest of the season, you're like, what happened? Um, in this case – You know what's funny is this guy has the Bills – Oh, maybe this is in reverse order. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I misread it. So actually, this guy actually does have the the Raiders uh, having like the ninth toughest schedule. He has the Bills having the easiest. So yeah, I think the that Bill- was poor setup on my the- part. I guess I should have read. Uh, well, you know, it's it's color coded, so I'm out I'm out the door on that one. Sure. My color blindness. I think the Bills play Jacksonville seven times the rest of the year. You're like, what? How is that possible? It's crazy what they have. I mean, so when you're looking at the AFC, a lot of Jets games. Yeah, when you're looking at the AFC, and that's why when you when you see like, wow, Bills are such a massive favorite to win the AFC and be the number one seed. Like, yeah, yes, there's reasons for that. They don't play anybody, so so that that's why you look at a schedule and you're trying to determine how the rest of the year plays out. Coming up next, let's look at uh, fantasy football now through week six, going to week seven. Man, there are certain teams out there, and we mentioned Baker Mayfield. Uh, if I have any Cleveland Brown receivers on my team, I'm looking to get out from under them. I want out of this thing. Call Nova today for a VA loan with no lender fees. That's $1,300 in savings. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600. Didn't work out in our favor, obviously. Didn't have the greatest footing. It happens. Game of, inch, game of inches. Play before. It's pretty close to. Didn't turn out in our favor today. We were 2 of 5 in the red zone. We can't do that uh, against a team like this. And a lot of shoulda, coulda, would us. Chopping it up on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company at the Nova Home Loan Studio. 577-2600 is the number here at Nova Home Loans. Dustin DeHart is in with us. The king of the mortgage tune-up. We'll get to what's going on in the real estate market and rates and such in just a couple minutes. 
Uh, it's funny, when you sat down, you were like, man, I'm all fantasied out. What's happened? What's happened? <laughs> yeah, well, injuries, <laughs> you know, and just like like we were talking about Derrick Henry. You know, that was that was my guy I had that last year in every league. And, and then like, this year he's going to be yeah, downgraded because they're going to pass the ball more. Uh, he's not going to be as good. I know. Yeah, oh. and like how many, you know, I mean, how much – beating has that guy taken and like he just never gets hurt he's he is amazing so 783 yards and 10 touchdowns through six games uh do you guys know the only two running backs in history through this point in the season who had you know similar numbers marshall fall like they're pretty obvious earl campbell i don't know I'll give you that, that no that's a good guess because they're big they're both big guys oj and jim brown jim brown's one of them okay hmm Eric, Eric Dickerson. Ah, there you go. Another guy yeah. who was a tall runner and, you know, pretty big guy and amazing speed. Yeah, he's the quintessential old school running back, right? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he, yeah, he he is just a man among men, too. Like, I look at, like, tackling him, like, they earn their money. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. It's just amazing. That oh, guy's yeah. a beast. Right, here's some I mean, is he not 80. getting any MVP, like, chatter now by now? Like, it just it never goes to a running back? I mean, but if he keeps up this number. <laughs> That's the problem with Jackson has been know. awesome. Yeah, it's it's such a long season, though. We do this. The well, I know you're getting more and more into betting. Uh, a big thing, a big market out there is to track the NFL MVP. And I swear to God, it changes like every four weeks. Uh, yeah, because beginning Derek of last Carr year, it was, was like, it was like right. who's going to beat Russell Wilson last year? And by the end of the year, people are like, MVP, get out of here, Russell Wilson. Right. So yeah. I mean, it changes. I mean, there's literally like ten guys that could probably be MVP right now, right? I mean. If you look at sure, it, depends on what Brady, happens. Russell, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Brady's crazy, Brady's yeah. numbers are awesome. I mean, if hey, if the, if the Raiders somehow finished, I don't know, thirteen and four, they, yeah. yeah, Derek Carr's getting a look. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, if if Derek Henry rushes for twenty four hundred yards, well, that's twenty seven touchdowns, yeah, I mean, he's going to be the MVP. Yeah, exactly, and he's on pace. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a long season too, and that that's the other it, that one extra game is big. Yeah, <laughs> we don't think it is injury wise. Yeah, it's just like just, there, there's so much can happen. Yeah. Like an extra week of the season doesn't sound like much. I know. But then you start thinking about it, like it's a long way to go this season. Yeah. yeah. Who would you be more worried about if you have the receivers or tight end? The Browns because of Mayfield's injury or the Niners who are probably going to eventually settle on Trey Lance? I think it's going to be Jimmy G this week. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you have any of them. I don't have anyone on either team. Yeah. But like even today, I was looking at Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. As a pickup, and I'm like, I can't even believe he's available in one of my leagues. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, is Trey Lance yeah, yeah. gonna? I mean, can Brandon Ayuk be good as a number two receiver with Trey Lance? Well, yeah, I mean, I've given up on the Niners. I dropped Trey Sermon. I mean, the whole running back situation's a mess. But yeah, receiver wise, I mean, Debo's great, but Brandon Ayuk just doesn't seem like he. Well, Kittle, Kittle's feathers. the other one. Yeah, yeah Kittle. Well, Kittle well, is a first or second round pick. Yeah, George Brittle. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. What do you? He, he's. He's dinged up, and now he's got a quarterback in flux. Yeah, often. Out what do of, you do? Out of your, out of those scenarios, I'd be more worried about uh, Ayuk than anybody else. Yeah. The Forty ers don't even want to put him on the field, so I'd be worried about him. I think eventually Trey Lance opens up enough uh, where he's going to get some of those plays. Like they're going to they're going to be putting ten men in the box at some point, and he's going to get some of those wide open, easy throws downfield to guys like Debo, and you would imagine. Uh, Kittle when when he's back I actually am I would buy on Browns receivers at this point why it's not going to be Baker Mayfield very long he's going to be shut down for the season at some point and then who are they going to have it's Case Keenum but he's actually oh, going to put up he's going to put up he's going to at least throw them the ball Baker Mayfield can't throw right now I don't know if people I, you know what when Case Keenum this will be one of the more ridiculous bets we've ever made on the show when Case Keenum 
If he's the regular guy, we'll put up some kind of bet head to head on the show. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> they, not, they, they, I'm they, not saying. Hold on, I'm not saying they're going to win games. I'm saying he's going to be able to get them the ball. They're going to fall behind. He's going to be able to throw. The receivers are going to do better under Keenum than they do under Brady. So I think they're going to go the opposite. I think they're going to lean on their defense and freaking run the hell out of the ball once these guys are back. Well, once they're back. Yeah. I mean, I would assume the timeline. You're predicting. Well, is Chubb out for six (laughs) six weeks? Could be. And Hunt, I I I think Hunt's down for the season, even though they haven't said it. They haven't said it. It just all right. It it sounds like my question for you is: What about Beckham? Is it? Baker's fault or is Beckham it's Baker's just fault done? at this point? Yeah, yeah, okay. he can't throw. I mean, Again, and I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. he sucks. He has a he got an injury that he should be out for the season. So Beckham's on the Bills. Is he it. the old Beckham or is he taking a well, big there he's step back? Compete with you know well, ridiculous. You, you hear what I'm saying? Sure. Like, if he has a real quarterback, I don't think I don't think he's, he's not, Giants. Not, like Baker's think, a real quarterback. I don't think he's like second year Giants making every single catch sure. one handed, falling out of bounds. He didn't know Beckham. Just completely forget how to play. But football, I think he's putting up right? numbers, and yeah. I think right now, and I'm I'm not blaming Baker Mayfield. I think he's a fine quarterback. Yeah. He can't throw. And it's not his throwing shoulder, but it does impact how you play the game. Yeah. He's really struggling with it. He should be shut down for the season. They're they're allowing him to play through it, which is I, I guess admirable because it's his contract year, and he's trying to you know put up some some numbers and show that he deserves a contract. But this is silly. At some point, you've got to shut it down. You can't allow this to continue. Yeah. Speaking of betting, the Browns were my big bet this week. Were they? So I just thought that you know the Cardinals aren't going to go undefeated. They you know this is going to be their game. Yeah. No. Not so much. Jeez. I like the Browns. Luckily, I didn't bet the Browns. No, I actually, you know, I'm wrong because in game I did. I They were plus 10 and a half at one point. They uh-huh. were down like uh, maybe third. I don't know what they were down, but whatever. Yeah. They were within hailing distance, and then I bet them plus 10 and a half, and that blew up my yeah. face. On the on the tight end front, um, would I be crazy right now to trade Darren Waller and just basing it on the fact that maybe Greg Olson calling the plays is going to spread the ball around so much? That Waller's only going to get five, six targets a game instead of ten, like we'd like. Probably trading low. It's right? kind of what he's been getting. Right. Like well, for, first problem. week he had the he had the nineteen, and then since he's had about six. But Did, are they going to be a more balanced team to where you can still get a lot of value for Waller? Now, but by the way, Waller is on a pace to go eighty-four catches, nine sixty-four, and five touchdowns. That's yeah. really good for a tight end. But you know, Adam and I went head-to-head in one league, an auction league, and paid. I paid through the nose for him. Do yeah. I? What do I expect from him? I think this is a case where you, if you're going to try to trade him, you have to try to trade him to somebody smart. Because, like, dumb people in your league – usually you want to trade with dumb people in your league and take advantage of them. Dumb people in your league are going to be like, the last four games, what has he really done? Yeah, you're trading low. You, you need him to have that one yeah. big game and then launch. Or trade him to somebody right. very smart in your league who's like, right. yeah, I'll trade for Darren yeah, Waller. Right, because yeah. he's going to – yeah. Now, <laughs> right. is, is Waller – is it because they're just keen on him? Is that why? Yeah, defense yeah. are definitely focused. And, I th- and at some point, obviously, you start going back to him <laughs> – even more. And the receivers are doing better, so I would think that. Well, yeah. Ruggs in particular. Sure. Uh, obviously, Renfro was getting his yeah. catches. Um, yeah, uh, Sunday wasn't. Yeah, Sunday wasn't his his best game. Yeah, yeah. but they're, they're definitely spreading around. Also, um, Josh Jacobs, who has gone his entire career without being a factor in the passing game, like two of the last three weeks has had like 15, 16% target shares, which is insanity to just keep throwing him the ball. Um, and I think they will start getting the ball back to Waller more. But you saw the emergence a little bit of Kenyon Drake. I still don't think they used him enough. Drake. <laughs> yeah. Well and and I you know I, I did a spot with somebody that was like, wow, finally they give Kenyon Drake the ball. Did they? He got six touches. He just scored two touchdowns <laughs> right. with them. Like they're they're still not using him as much as they should. But yeah, I, I think at some point Waller does start having better and better games. And you mentioned it's not like he's not putting up anything. He's just putting up normal numbers. He's not putting up superhuman numbers and at some point you're gonna get some of those big games out of him. Yeah, even like Kelsey, I mean he's been a 
kind of a bust, in my opinion. I mean, for it's what been you, okay. He yeah, hasn't been bust, like super but, level. Yeah, but you're expecting a lot more yeah. out of that first draft. I mean, Mark Andrews and Hawkinson are kind of the values, in my opinion. Is uh, is Ertz going to be good? I don't know. I mean, With Kyler Murray, they don't really throw to the tight end. Is just because they have had no talent. Like their numbers, what is it like seven under eight percent of their passes total go to tight ends? I mean, there's a reason they traded for him. Yeah. Will Kyler Murray throw to him? Will the will the game plan include Zach Ertz? We got four receivers there that are pretty yeah. good. I mean, I think I think the the plan of Ertz is to make people respect the tight end. I don't know that they necessarily throw to him, but it's like, hey, at least cover him so we can open up some of our receivers a little bit more. Right. But I but listen, in the tight end world, you just need somebody that's gonna get a couple targets. Like, unless you have <laughs> right. um, you know, Kels or Waller. Like you're pretty much just kind of, and and, and uh, Hawkinson yeah, at this Andrews. point, um, Andrews has a couple, has had a couple of big games. Unless you've got one of the top five guys, let's say you're just hoping for some target. Like give me some targets, give me a tight end look, um, give me a, give me a look in the red zone every once in a while. Like that's what you're looking for the tight end. Um, like a guy like you know Dan Arnold was a bye week guy for a lot of people just because he's getting targets. They're actually throwing to him, so like use him. That's what you're like Dawson Knox was emerging. Is he then, out for a while? Uh, they he said he's, they said they're hoping he comes back after the bye. He okay. broke his hand. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. They actually gave him a, a red zone run yesterday, and he scored on it. Except there was a egregious holding call uh, by Emmanuel Sanders. So I don't know what he was doing on that play. Um, but yeah, th- there's a lot of uh, a lot of like a lot of tight ends. You're just hoping for something. But there's there's a couple of them that you can find that are somewhat consistent. All right, tell us what's going on here. Last uh, ten weeks of the year, what generally happens with Housing sales, yeah. What I mean, you can't predict the rate, but what what really happens at the end of the year? Well, if you're looking to buy, this is the best time. Um, first of all, the 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 market's leveled out a little bit. It's not crazy like it used to be. I mean, you know, you can if a house is listed for four hundred, you can probably get it at four hundred, right? You don't have to list four 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 forty for it to just even get your offer accepted. But look, people are motivated in the winter months to sell their house. You know, if you if you got people. Coming in your house during Thanksgiving and Christmas, you really want to sell your house. They're going to work with you. So it's a great time to buy. Rates have been going up. I mean, since August, we've, we've probably gone up three-eighths of a point. We're close to a half point. You know, Again, they're cyclical. They could come back down. So, you know, And they're looking to come back down. So you're timing it out well. So, again, if you're looking to buy, now's the perfect time. Let's get you in the office, get you pre-approved. You need down payment assistance. We can do that for you. If you've got a little credit challenges, we'll work with you on that as well. Get you out there, get you, get into a house before the end of the year, and you know because again next year probably not going to hit twenty percent appreciation, but we're going to appreciate probably ten. Still. Yeah, okay. exactly. Probably double digits, so it's a great time to buy. Still, are you going to the Eagles game? I am. Yes. <laughs> are you bringing a friend, or are you going uh, like you're not bringing an Eagles friend? Right. <laughs> I went la- last game. I went with a friend who's a Bears fan. How was that? Yeah, it was good. It was, you know, the the game kind of sucked. You yeah. know what I mean? And then we, the Bears fans are Bears fans. <laughs> so, good or bad? Know. What does that mean? Well, they were okay. The the two, the two games before that, the people just really cool. You know, they're buying us drinks and well, high fiving us. Coming, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, I forgot the yeah. Eagles fans, <laughs> Eagles lunatics. Fans are not. I don't think they're going to be cool <laughs> right. if they're in the game. Well, I'll and actually, report, if out I'll game, report back. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, we want we want to find out what the hell <laughs> yeah. happened. Five seven seven twenty six hundred is the number. We're hanging out here today at the Nova Home Loan Studios. Dustin, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Coming up, we'll get to the uh, football frenzy. So we got some uh, big football headlines. Uh, including a weird one online, Shannon Sharp going at it with a current day player. And then uh, Miles Simmons will check in from Pro Football Talk, and he'll give us his take on what's happening, not only with the Raiders, but also one of the Raiders' uh, chief competition for a playoff spot down the road and a future opponent in the Browns and Baker Mayfield. 
Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.